Welcome to Bardstown Church of God audio sermons. We hope that this teaching will bless you. Share with us how God is moving in your life and how this message impacts you by visiting us online at bardstowncog.com. Are you ready? It's time for the word. To the book of Jonah, chapter 1. It'll be on the screen for you. Jonah, chapter 1. Verses 1 through 6. I'm going to tell you something. I love our babies, don't you? They're our babies. They're our kids. They're so important. For such is the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. You want to know what heaven's like? You've just seen it walk by you. It's as close as to heaven, I believe, we get on earth is those babies. Because they're pure. God protect our babies. And I'm going to say this, God protect the unborn today. And, and, and I'm going to go a step further. And I'm going to ask God right now to help that mother that's thinking about aborting her baby. That he'll step in. God will step in. And work on that mom. And reveal to her the life that is inside of her. Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 through 6 says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh. I want you to know where he's asking him to go. He's asking him to go to the capital city of Assyria. Assyria is the enemy of nations. They are ruthless men. They are a ruthless army. They would cut the heads off of men and pile them up like a pyramid. But they would come to know him even in the Old Testament. So Jonah gets this call to go to Nineveh. Verse 3 said, But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish. He's supposed to go west, but he goes east. He's supposed to go east, but he goes west. Here's the real problem, but Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish so he paid the fare thereof, got him a ticket and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the, from the presence of the Lord. Everybody say from the presence of the Lord. What is he running from? But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. Everybody say a storm. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners, or navy men, were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wires, the, all of the things, the cargo that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he laid and was fast asleep. What a guy. I think I might just title the message, What a Guy. No, that's not the title. So the shipmaster, the captain, came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. I want to go to chapter 2. I think this is a part of it. And verse 1. 
I, I want to I want to say that yeah then Jonah prayed unto the Lord God out of the fish's belly but can you go to verse 9 for me I don't want to keep reading this can we go there if not that's fine I gave you the wrong one let me read this because this will make sense to you when I do this I've got it toward the end but it's Jonah chapter 2 here's what Jonah says there's a lot that goes on from the time that they're on the ship and in the storm. But when the storm is going to end, he makes this statement. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So after he went in an opposite direction, some things are going to happen. But when it's all said and done, he said it's going to be a day of thanksgiving after the storm. Come on, somebody. So today, my title is, When a Storm Turns Into Thanksgiving. Is anybody in a storm today? Do you think that your storm could turn into a day of thanksgiving to the Lord? Father God, help us today. I pray that you'd bless this congregation as they are hungry for your word. People are come here today and some don't know what they're hungry for, but they need to hear from you. And I believe that, God, you're going to speak to everyone in this room. And you're going to do your work. Not what I can do, but what you can do. I'll do my part, but, God, it's left up to you. Because it's all about you. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'd like for you to do something with me right now. I'd like for you to share our live stream on Facebook. Uh, that will give people a chance to hear the word of the Lord today and maybe your family. There's people watching us from all over the place and we get a report monthly at least, but sometimes weekly about what has happened. So what it is, is that I shared with this in the first few verses of where that God has, he has seen the wickedness of a city, a great city. And it's come up before him and they don't know God. They serve other gods. And, and so they're at this place of where that this wickedness has come up and God is going to destroy the city. But he wants them to turn to him. So he sends a prophet by the name of Jonah. And Jonah, instead of going, he goes in another direction, gets on a ship, goes in the opposite direction, and he's fleeing from the very presence of the Lord, running from God. Has anybody ever ran from God? Can you identify with Jonah? But the thing of it is, is God sends. Everybody say God sent. God sent a storm. He sent a tempest upon the sea. The ship was about to break in two, and they were so upset about what was going on and what is going on in all of this as they're trying to throw stuff overboard to save their lives and somehow make it to shore. They've got a guy on board with them by the name of Jonah. This guy is asleep. Point number one, how could Jonah be asleep in the storm? While people are fearing for their lives, the boat is feeling like it's just going to break apart. Like I said, they're throwing things overboard. They're trying to roll to the shore, get to safety. And this guy, Jonah, what a guy. He's sleeping. How could he be asleep? Can I tell you why Jonah was asleep? I can tell you why he was sleeping. Because he's disappointed. 
He's disappointed because he can't believe God would actually have him to go to somebody that cuts people's heads off and they don't, they don't serve God. They don't, they're not a Jew and none of that. And God's saying, I want you to go preach to them. I have a plan for them just like I have a plan for you, Jonah. So Jonah is disappointed and he can't believe that God would care for people like Nineveh. Have you ever been in a place where you're like, how could God care for that? How could God care for him or her? Look at the mess in their life. And and they've done it all to themselves. And they're wicked and they're mean. And yet God wants to save them. Do we ever forget where we came from? Do you know that God chose Israel when they weren't a people? And they were the least of the least, but He chose them. Can I tell you, we need to be concerned about what God's concerned about. God is concerned about the entire world. He's not just concerned about Israel, and yes, He is the apple of His eye, but He's concerned for the nations today. In fact, He's so concerned that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you know that God died for the sins of the whole world? Do you know that God died for your mess? God died for your mess so he could clean up your mess. You know, I couldn't clean up my mess. You can't clean up your mess. The more we try, the bigger mess we make. But he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make you whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can turn a life around? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can change a man or a woman? Only God can. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and everything becomes new. Has anybody ever felt the newness and the goodness and the fullness of God in your life? Why don't you give him praise right now? You know, there's some people that they would get upset if a homosexual got saved. They'd be upset if a pedophile got saved. Because once a pedophile, always a pedophile. Once a homosexual or a lesbian, always a lesbian. No such were some of us. But we've been justified, redeemed, washed in the blood of Jesus. Come on somebody, I know where I've come from. And I know the same God that saved me wants to save the Muslim nation. what I'd like for God to do? I'd like for God to just step in and open the eyes of a bunch of Palestinians over there that's been cutting heads off uh, and God arrest them like God arrested Saul on the road to Damascus uh, and Jesus said you're kicking against me. Uh, It's time for you to be saved today. Oh by the way in case y'all don't know there's Palestinians being saved. I don't know if anybody heard Pastor Jensen Franklin this morning, but he has a ministerial staff member on his staff that was once a Palestinian and a Muslim. But here it is. Joan is asleep. Have you ever been disappointed? Not just about other people, but disappointed because it's like, God, you didn't work the way I thought you would work. I didn't think you would do it that way. I don't think it's fair in my life. I've got disappointed, disappointment. So we find ourselves in a sleepy condition. In fact, all, sometimes we find ourselves in a state of sleep of depression. 
because of disappointment. Jonah is, y'all got to listen, Jonah is self-absorbed. I I was with my oldest son the other day and we were talking and I said, uh, I said, the older I get, the more I'm becoming more self-aware. It would do you good to sit and listen to yourself talk. It's all about you. It would be good for us to understand why I told myself, why do I, I've got older, Tanya and I say, why, I'm talking to God, I'm not talking, but why did I just say that? What was my motive behind that? We need to be more self-aware of of where we're at. And a lot of the things we're saying is our disappointment with ourselves and our disappointment with people. Can I just interject this in here right now? You will never be disappointed in God. Not if you'll yield totally to Him, sell out to Him. See... Jonah was self-absorbed, so he wasn't absorbed and soaking in what God wanted to do and having the mind of God. You know what Philippians chapter 2 and around verse 9 says, Let this mind be in you, which was the same mind that was in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation and humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death of the cross. You know what we need to do? We need to die out to ourselves. You know what Jonah needs? to do is die out to himself so he could get over the disappointment. See, Jonah was so self-absorbed, he wasn't concerned with nobody else. He's in a storm. He ain't concerned about Nineveh, that great city. He has no concern for the people in the boat in the storm. Is it not many times in our disappointment like Jonah, we forget about everybody else? We're in our own little world. I must confess to you, I've been there. I don't want to go back there. But have you ever found yourself back there? But you know the way out. What's taking so long? You'll feel better. You know, my dad, he, quite a guy, pastor for over 50 years, and I'll never forget the first time I, I was helping him, and I, I was nailing. We were doing something at the church, and, boy, I hit my finger. I didn't cuss. Because my dad would have killed me. But I hit my and Dad said, it'll be all right when it quits hurting. It'll feel better when it quits hurting. You know, so many times we would get over hurt much quicker. We'd put our trust back in God and know our way to get through the disappointment and over the on the other side. Number two, it's amazing that Jonah is in this self-absorbed, disappointed stage at this place in his life and that he's self-absorbed. But do you know the shipmaster knew it? The captain of the ship knew it, verse 6 says, in the Amplified says, so the captain came up to him and said, came to Jonah, came down into the ship and said to him, 
How can you be asleep? Get up. Call on your God. We got ours. He ain't working. It ain't working. Call on your God. Perhaps your God will give a thought to us so that we will not perish, so that we will not die. See what it was the shipmaster said. If that idiot down there, excuse me. If he's asleep, that means he's depressed. Something's going on with him. He's disappointed. How in the world can you, Jonah, be sleeping in a storm? May I, re may I remind you what kind of storm this is? The boat is beginning to crack. Can I remind you uh, that they are throwing things overboard, trying to lighten the ship just to say a sail. We read later on in the book of Jonah that they're rowing just as hard, rowing just as hard as they can. The Navy men trying to get to the shore, but they cannot make it. And here's this guy asleep. Can I tell you, people are aware when you're asleep in a storm while everybody else is trying to get their sails and you while you sleep to safety. Dear God. <laughs> There's times that, you know, your house can be so upside down. All it takes is one sleeper in the house to mess up everybody's life. I'm not beating nobody up, but I, I, I'm just telling you, I'm one of you. I know what it's like. I've been there before. But can I tell you, it's time for us to hold to God and get to God today. Because God has a way to turn things around and get you out of your disappointment and get you out of your depression. And He just might use somebody unlikely that's praying to another God and say, what in God's name are you doing asleep and disappointed? Get up, maybe you can call on God and help us through this. See, somebody that it might not be a natural sleep, but you're acting different than everybody else. Because, you know, the thing of it is, is everybody else is working hard and it's like, Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. I can't change nothing. It's just what it is. I'm a mess. I've given up. Have you ever given up? Just give up. And that shows to your husband, your wife, your children, you know how many kids go home after school to a mother in a drunken stupor that does not do laundry, that does not cook them a meal? You know how many children needs a mother and a father together? Because of disappointment, because things has not went well, the whole house sees that everybody's working, trying to get through the pain. Even the babies are. Trying to help mama out. Trying to help daddy out. Come on, daddy. Come on, mama. Come on, you need to eat. Come on. Don't. And they hide stuff from them to get them to kind of get back to where they can kind of get in their right mind. I didn't come here today to preach this, but I feel God speaking through me. There's somebody, even if they're not in this room, they're going to watch my live stream. Can I tell you, when there's one person kind of in that sleepy condition, disappointed condition, it affects the whole house just like it did this ship. Point number three, the Lord wants the sleeper to wake up. He's wanting Jonah to wake up. 
God is going to use the sailors on the ship. They want to know who's causing this storm. Somebody on this ship is causing this storm. Who is it? So they cast lots. If you want to know, they, they drew straws. And guess who got the short straw? Jonah. Then said they unto him, tell us, we pray thee, verse 8, chapter 1, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thy occupation? What do you do for a living? Where did you come from? You're not, where, where are you, where, what's your nationality? What country you come from? What people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew. He's saying, I'm a Jew, I'm an Israelite. And I fear the Lord. And I'm thinking, okay, Jonah, you fear the Lord. And you're running from him? You fear the Lord and he's given you an assignment and you're not following through with it? Can I tell you there's nothing that will stop the assignment in your life and the destiny for your life is when you get so disappointed that you are just going through the motion of life and you're not fulfilling what God wants you to. He said, I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? Why did you do this? There's begs out. Why did you do this to us and you? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them, he had already told them, I'm fleeing from the presence of the Lord. I'm fleeing from God. I'm trying to outrun him so I don't have to do what I need to do. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee that the sea may be calm to us? For the sea wrought was temptuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, cast me from the sea, so shall the, be, the sea be common to you. For I know for my sake this great tempest is upon you. You know what he's doing? He said, I know it's because of me. I, he said, you, what you can do is just throw me overboard, and guess what? Everything's going to be fine. Hey, I'm going to tell you this. It's a credit to Jonah to take ownership of this. That he was causing others to suffer a storm because of himself fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Jonah told them the Lord is in charge because he said uh, that the Lord made the sea and he made the ground, the dry ground. So he's saying God's in control of this storm. And if you want to know the reason the storm and the reason, it's all because of me because I'm fleeing from the presence of the Lord. It is a credit to anyone that's in a storm of life and they've created a storm in their home. Being disobedient to God in the marriage. Being disobedient to God in their assignment of what God has asked them to do and to be. It is a credit to them when they recognize they're creating a storm for the whole house. For their family. I feel a little bit of God right here. Y'all hang on just a minute. Let me think of this thing through. I've been feeling him, but I'm going to tell you it's time for somebody in this building to recognize that you are the culprit in your family. Stop blaming it on everybody else. You need to look at yourself. Come on, somebody. Help me now. Listen, I, 
I got, I got to tell you that more times than not, while I wanted to look at her as the problem, I had to turn within and look at myself. Because sometimes it was me because I could change the trajectory, I could change the atmosphere in the home instead of pointing a finger, that I pointed the finger at myself. Somebody needs to know you can change your family. You can change your marriage. You can change a church. You can change a school system. You can change a nation when we begin to take ownership of who we are. The the Lord wanted the sleeper to wake up. Not just his natural sleep. Not to be awakened by a shipmaster, a captain. But he wanted him to wake out of the sleep of rebellion. Spiritual rebellion, disobedience, going in the wrong direction in his life. Point number four, Jonah was awakened to fulfill his God-given assignment. Chapter 1, verse 10, Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. What people don't understand is, is when they're not fulfilling their assignment, they're running from the presence of the Lord. He used the sailors to throw him overboard. You remember he said, throw me overboard? And guess what they did? But before they did, we don't want to do this, God. God, there, there, there got to be another way, so they roll harder. Cause, so they, had a, they weren't uncaring men. They wanted to save Jonah, and they wanted to save themselves. And is that not what goes on in our family sometimes? Is somebody's rowing hard. They're working hard to get everybody saved. But it's going to take somebody being thrown overboard. Quit petting it. Quit pampering it. They told you they're the culprit, and sometimes they need to be thrown overboard. It's called tough love. You keep letting that man keep beating on you, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to keep beating on you. You keep letting him keep mistreating your children, he's going to keep mistreating your children. I'm going to tell you it's time for somebody to be thrown overboard so they can see themselves. I don't know what God you serve, but I serve the living God. He has sons and then he has bastards. They're not his. He chastens those whom he loves. And can I tell you, God loves a lot of our family. And they're in a relationship with God, but they're rebellious. And sometimes they need to see themselves. And if you'll quit petting that and pampering it and say, you ain't doing it here. And you need to find you somewhere else to live until you can get it right. Then don't go bail them out of jail. If the Lord had told me I was going to be preaching this way, I said, I think I'll call in sick today. I'm glad God has those moments to just speak into people's lives. And I believe that God is speaking into our lives. I'm preaching for a hope. I'm preaching for a future. I'm preaching for lives. I'm preaching for lives that hell is enlarging itself. But God has a door open in heaven for people. And I want to point them to Jesus. I want to point some rebellious child of God that's backslid, that's a prodigal. I want to point them to Jesus. He's welcoming you home today. He wants you to come in and enter into the joys of His presence presence today. Give God a praise right there. Come on. Amen. 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 
I got to hang on just a little bit longer. My dad pastored people. I pastored people, men that beat their wives and mistreated their children. But can I tell you, they're sitting on the same pew with their wife today and they're forgiven. Their marriage is strong. Their children love their daddy. They got a new daddy now. They got a brand new father now. I'm telling you, that's the God that I serve. My wife and I, we... Every once in a while, we'll hear from somebody. You'll know who I'm talking about. His name's Josh Sheldon. Well, my wife, the first day he walked in our church in Richmond, 2010, I believe it was, he walked in and he said, he said, Sister Lanehart's called me Jeremy. All those years, she still does. She said, you look like a Jeremy to me. But his name's Josh. He gave a testimony in a group of about, 25 men a couple of weeks ago. And when he first came to Life Church, I didn't know this. He had just got out of prison. He's telling these men this, and he said, when I come, he said, the first thing, he said, I've never been hugged by my father, never been embraced, never said that I was loved. He said, the first Sunday I was there, Brother Lanehart didn't even know me. And he greeted me and embraced me and hugged me and said, I love you. He said, the reason I'm still in church today is because somebody told me that I was loved and I was valued. His kids are in church serving the Lord. Can I tell you that God wants people that are hurting to be healed? I feel the Holy Spirit of God. I'm just, you might say I'm winging it right now and that's okay. I'm just feeling God. Can I tell you, if you want to know what your pastor wants in this church, I want everybody that's unwanted. I want everybody that's hurting. Because Jesus came, he said, I did not come for those that are healthy. I come to heal those that are sick, those that need a physician, those that need a change in their life. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter what walk of life, it doesn't matter how much they got in their bank account, there's hurting people that are throwaways that God wants to save. And when the church gets the great commission back on its heart and its mind to go into all the world and preach the gospel, tell them there's hope. The thief, the devil is stealing and killing and destroying. But Jesus has come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Let's tell them about Jesus. Let's give our testimony and say, look what the Lord did for me. I used to be a druggie. I, I used to be a prostitute. I used to be an adulterer. I used to be a homeless. All those things. But that's not who I am. He changed me. He changed me. He changed me. Finally of all, Jonah's dilemma. Jonah is in a dilemma now. He's been thrown overboard. <laughs> Cast into the sea. Jonah's dilemma, his rebellion, being disobedient, and running from God requires something. In his disappointment, running from, it requires something. Here's what it requires of him. Repentance. We don't hear a lot about that today in the church. That way, that, that way it's easy to do away with the altar call and not come. As if somehow that since we've gotten saved and we're on our way to heaven that we never sin. 
I'm going to close my eyes a minute and then I'll open them. Okay. If you've never sinned since you got saved, I need to see your hand and I need you to come up here because I'm going to meet Jesus probably. First John 2 and 1. I write these things unto you little children. This is God talking. Children are his children, not the devil's kids. Not those that are unborn again. That's not saved. But little children, I write that you sin not. Don't do it. But if you do, you have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous. He's the propitiation for your sins. He covers your sins. He washes your sin. And, and by the way, the book of Micah, I read the last chapter this morning, and says He takes your sins and puts them into the depths of the sea, and He doesn't bring them up again. Can I tell you, every time I go to the cross, every time I go to the throne room of God, and I failed as a Christian, I go back to Calvary. I go back to the blood, and I have forgiveness at that place. Wouldn't the church be a lot better place when we understood we're a bunch of people that are messed up trying to make heaven? We're not what we used to be, but we've not made it home. For some, it's time to wake out of sleep. The book of Romans. It's time that we wake out of sleep. Chapter 15. It's high time. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We're in the final, we're in the final leg of the race. We're in the 11th hour of the closing of time. Time is running out. Paul says that we are for, to forget the things that are behind. And press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. We're striving for the prize in Jesus Christ. DJ, would you come very quickly and quietly? Jonah's dilemma is, is his rebellion and disobedient and running from God. And it requires repentance. And it says in chapter 2, verse 1, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out See, of a fish's belly. God had prepared a great fish. Some people says that this story is not real. It's real. It's not imagination. It wasn't some little fairy tale. God prepared a great fish. In fact, I was studying for this message and some, you know, they'll say, well, it was a whale. But then I found out that some said it was a shark. And the reason they said it was a shark is because they have found men's entire bodies inside of a shark. Read about it. I don't know what kind of fish it was, but it was big enough for Jonah to be swallowed up. Alive. I don't know if he built a campfire inside there. Got a little seaweed over here, pulled it over here, rub sticks together. I don't know what he did. I'm just dreaming, imagination. I don't think. <laughs> but he prayed to God out of that place. 
God got his attention. You understand the place that he was at? He was in the place of death. He was in the place of the grave because Jesus said before he went to the cross, he said as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man, God, be in the earth in hell for three days. The grave. So he's in a place of death. Can I tell you that's the quickest way for God to get our attention and for us to repent is when we don't see no way, when there's no hope for us and there's no future. It's not to turn him away from us. It's to turn us to him. Jonah prayed out of this dark place, this place of death. He said, out of the belly of hell I cried. Verse 2, chapter 2. Verse 6, he said, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains of the earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. God heard Jonah's repented prayer. Because in verse 2 he said, And I said I cried by the reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard, he heard me out of the belly of hell. He heard my voice by the reason of my affliction. He said, Thou cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods can pass me. The billows and the waves passed over. I'm in a very deep place. He said, it's all over my head. How bad is it? The waters can pass even my soul. The depth closed me around about. The weeds were wrapped around my head in the fish. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains and so forth and so on. He said, I am cast out of the sight of God. God doesn't even know where I'm at. And I'm praying, God, you, you probably have done away with me and I, I don't have a future anymore. I've failed you. I'm out of your sight. He said, yet, even though I'm out of your sight, probably, I will look to the holy temple. That's what he said. I will look to Jerusalem. I'll look to where the presence of God is. I'll look to where the mercy seat is because it was in there. Then the turnaround came around. The turnaround happened, play softly, or the resurrection from that hellish grave he was in, near death. He said, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains, the earth with the bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God, when my soul fainted. Within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came unto thee in thy holy temple. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and the fish vomited him out on dry ground. He's out now. Can I tell you, repentance will get you out of your disappointment, get you out of your storm, get you to the place of where God wants you to be. He might use somebody to throw you overboard to help get your attention and wake you up. But ultimately, God's in charge of the whole time. Stand with me. Can I tell you, God's in charge today. The storm that God sent brought Jonah to the place of thanksgiving. This is thanksgiving. 
This week, we're going to celebrate all the bounty that God has given us, but most of all, giving His Son. But He said in verse 9, after the fish or the fish was ready to vomit Him up, He said, but I will sacrifice unto Thee, O God, with the voice of thanksgiving. He said, while I was in that storm and in that fish's belly, and I thought I was done and God didn't know where I was at. Everything that I'd went through. He said, when I, God, I made a vow to you during that prayer. And he said, when I get out of this, I will offer up thanksgiving. Can anybody in this room give God thanksgiving right now? Because he brought you out of a storm. Maybe you, your family went through the storm because you caused the storm, but your family is out of the storm. Come on, somebody. You lean, we're out of the storm because God was faithful. We've been giving Him thanksgiving. He said, salvation is of the Lord. Every head bowed and eye closed, no one looking around. If you could this morning in your heart know that God has spoken to you today through His Word, His preached Word, would you just throw your hand up quick and put it right back down? Just throw it up, put it down. There's, there's absolutely hands going all up, all over the building. Let me ask you, everyone that raised their hand and you, you said, the Lord spoke to me. Today, could get ready to respond to this. Could you throw your hand up? You don't know what you're throwing up, but could you throw your hand up real quick and put it down if you know what to do now about it? Throw your hand up and put it back down. All, hands going up all over the bed. You know what to do now. Can I tell you there's more to this story? You know what Jonah did after he repented? He fulfilled his assignment. He went to Nineveh. And when he went to Nineveh, that capital city, that king took off his kingly robe and went into a fast. And everybody went into a fast and repented and believed on the Lord and people were saved. Listen, when you get through with what you're going through and you'll do what you know to do today at this altar, you know what's going to happen? Is people are going to get saved that you're around. People are going to know the Lord Jesus Christ because of your testimony and how you live different, how you act different. If you know what to do. Let me ask this before we go on. How many people is in a storm today? Because of somebody in your house. Raise your hand. Or somebody in your family. They've created a storm. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Now. If you today. Raised your hand. There's nothing about this that is embarrassing at all. It's called humility. Humbling yourself before God. Because He said, I'll lift you up. If you'll humble yourself in the sight of men and before God, He'll lift you up. If you say, I want God and more of God in my life, I want you to get out of that aisle. I want you to come. This is our altar. This is the place. We pray that you were blessed by this message. For more information about Bardstown Church of God, please visit us online at bardstowncog.com. Have a great week.